0: The Cougars are back.
1: Hand off Squally. Squally runs it right, gets it to the five. He's got the pylon. He's got the
0: touchdown. Oh, Canada! We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Timing
1: pattern. End zone. It is caught by Bushman. Back. Left
0: pylon. Touchdown, Cougars. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU
2: fans. Welcome into picturesque Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. Rain has been in the forecast for the last couple of days. There are a few clouds, but mostly blue skies as we get ready for a battle of two teams wearing blue tonight. Temperatures right now about 60 degrees, expecting to be in the low 50s, upper 40s, as the game continues on tonight. BYU-Utah State, an in-state battle. We are excited after a disappointing loss at Washington last week. BYU looking to bounce back on a short week as they host the Aggies. As always, I am joined by the one and only Mark Lyons. Mark, it's only October 5th, but man, tonight feels like a pretty big game for BYU.
3: Well I- I'll say, and... In- The coolness is just right, too. This is getting into that fall, cool weather. I love it. But You know, at this point of the game, you're nearing halfway through the season. And so you've got to be good at something. You should be able to recognize by now some identity of something that you're good at. Tonight's going to be a close football game, and you're going to have to rely on something to be able to pull you out. And so that's what I'm wondering about both of these teams. You know the Utah State's uh, questioning, we played really, really well against two uh, teams that allowed us to score a lot of points, but we've also had two pretty good quality wins, or a good quality win against Air Force and played uh, Michigan State right to the end. So they're still wondering, can we do this against everybody? BYU, uh, you know, after the Wisconsin game, you thought they could play with anybody. And then they just went to... Uh, up to Washington and uh, got pummeled. And so, uh, man, at this point in the season, you wish that you had a better idea, and right now I don't think either of these teams really know.
2: Yep. We'll, uh, we will find out in a little over two hours from now. Let's get to today's game headlines as the Cougars face the Aggies.
0: These are your BYU football headlines. Headline number one. Ah.
2: Can BYU shake off last week's loss, Mark, and have a similar game like they did after losing to Cal, looking for that bounce-back win just like they did after losing to the Bears?
3: Well, I agree that uh, they weren't as sharp as they needed to be last week, and I think they recognize that. However, in the practices that I saw last week, they were well-prepared. They were working hard in practice. So uh, whatever happened up there happened partially because uh, Washington was better than they expected played better than they have been, and BYU didn't meet that level of energy to come out and compete. So, USU brings a really good pass game with a good solid run attack, and that's kind of the same emphasis that Washington had. They had a really good pass game with a solid run game, and so I do think that uh, this does, uh, I think Utah State's got to be feeling pretty good about the things that they do because they throw the ball really well, and they run the football very well, and so BYU's pass game, pass defense looked a little vulnerable last week.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's let's make this clear. The Aggies aren't the Wisconsin Badgers, but a similar response to a loss is what the Cougars are looking for tonight. Headline number two... Well, the Cougars get some important players back this week from injury. Now, we already know that Laulu Pututau is done for the year with an ACL injury. But Zane Anderson, Diane Gomoluku, they've missed the past couple of games. Will we see them tonight? And what could their return mean for this BYU defense as it goes up against a prolific offense?
3: Losing Morone is sad. You know, it's just tough because uh, uh, for him personally, that's what I'm talking about. He went out last year and happened it happen two years in a row. But the other side of it is the team really needs him. And so with him gone, uh, the first thing I'm going to respond to is that this does make it possible that Matt Bushman might be able to step up to the plate and uh, get an opportunity to do some things filling in there for uh, MLP. Zane Anderson and Dayan Gualaku man, Zane is missed. I, I felt as though that uh, uh, at the... McNeese State game, I thought that they played okay without those two kids. But uh, last week, they really missed Zane Anderson. He's the second leading tackler on the team after missing a game and a half. So uh, I think that uh, he is really important to assist them. He covers well, and he's also a good tackler. And Diane, you miss his coverage also as a safety cover. He's a good safety cover guy, but he's also a really sure tackler. So uh, with, with those two guys gone, you miss some ability to be able to get guys on the ground.
2: Yeah, Greg Rubel will uh, speak with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake, coming up in, uh, in a little while. You'll hear that interview coming up during the Cougar pregame coaches show, and uh, I'm sure that will be something that is discussed. We'll find out if Kalani uh, makes any announcements in regards to guys coming back this week against Utah State. Headline number three. <laughs> As we talked about, Mark, the Aggie offense, man, they are on fire this season, averaging 51.5 points per game. Can the Cougar defense slow this group? Led by quarterback Jordan Love, if you look at it right now, 285 yards passing, they're averaging on offense 187 yards rushing. Can the BYU defense slow this team down?
3: Well, they just have to if they're going to be able to stay with them because uh, BYU's offense is still working at getting good, and that's one of the concerns that by now you would expect that they are Good, but uh, 31 points is uh, what Utah State scored against Michigan State, and that's the same number that Taysom Hill was able to put up on Michigan State. Not the same teams, obviously, but uh, still, that's a pretty good performance. Uh, 60 against New Mexico State. Now, New Mexico State uh, beat Utah State in the Arizona Bowl game last year in overtime, and I think that they were kind of making that a payback game. And then 73 against Texas Tech, 42 against Air Force. Yeah, they put points on the board, and BYU has got to prepare for stopping the big play. Make them drives. They have a lot of drives that are less than a minute. That's
2: right. Our he-
3: final headline, headline number four.
2: <laughs> and Mark, are you okay? That, that, oh, was a, that was a big hit. <laughs> that was a but I, You're taking them well. <laughs> this may be the biggest question of the evening. What can we expect from the BYU offense against a non-P5 defense?
3: (laughs) And that's my comment. That is a good question. (laughs) That's a good question. You know, BYU threw the ball more early in that game against Washington. I think that they were really anticipating that they were going to be able to uh, improve their pass game and work on it. Their run game, uh, because of that, it faltered. and, And they only ran for like 34, 68 yards without the losses in there. So uh, I do expect them to run more effectively this week. They're going against that three-man front. Their linebacker, I'm talking about uh, Utah State, but their linebackers are extremely active, very quick and agile. And uh, I think that for BYU to be successful, they've got to get to that second level and block those linebackers.
2: Well, for the BYU offense, obviously last week only getting the, uh, the seven points, the one touchdown late in that game, that skews this number a little low. But the Cougars come into this game right now averaging 21.4 in terms of points per game, averaging 163 yards passing as a team and 132 yards on the ground. Certainly uh, going to need to score uh, a little bit more than 21.4, you would think, against a team right now that at least coming into this game is averaging over 51 points per game. Coming up, you will hear from quarterback Tanner Mangum and others in Cougar Cuts, but next we will get to know the foes. we talk with Utah State play-by-play man, Scott Gerrard. That's right, Scotty G is going to join us next. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons getting you ready for the battle of the old wagon wheel. BYU-Utah State coming your way in just a little under two hours from now. It's time to get to know the foe. We are joined by the great Scott Gerard. Scotty G calls the
4: action for the Aggies. Scotty, it's good to see you. Uh, it's good to see you. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. Mark, a pleasure as always. Uh, excited to be up here. I'm, You know, Mark, last time we were doing this last year, we saw a little scuffle pregame. I, nobody's out on the field. I don't know if we're going to see anything this year.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, and that kind of shows the intensity yeah. of what they expect to see in this game.
4: You know, and, and that's the other thing, too. It's been such an interesting dynamic change since Gary Anderson came to Utah State and kind of revitalized the program and, and got it to the point where, you know, you can maybe call this a rivalry now. For so oh, many yeah. years, it, it just was another notch in the – W category for BYU uh, and Utah State's done a really good job of turning that thing around, and and uh, Matt Wells for the most parts kept it on track.
2: Well, and that's a perfect lead into what I was going to ask you. What does this game mean in Cache Valley now these days? You
4: know, it would be, it'd be night like. I'm sure there will be Utah State fans that will say, you know what, it's not a conference game. The UNLV game next week means more. Eh, no, it still is a BYU. You've, there's something special in the air in Cash Valley and in every Utah State fan's mind when it's BYU week. And I'm sure that's, you know, that's, that's based on years and years and years of ingrained mentality of wanting to beat BYU. So, yeah, there's something special. Uh, if anybody says it doesn't matter, they're kidding themselves, this is a really special game for people in Cash Valley.
3: Yeah, and uh, for a guy that's been around for a lot of them, I agree that uh, there's a lot of people that think this is, and the fact that Utah State doesn't play Utah yeah. this year, I think this does give you that shot at your uh, in-state opponent. You know, the experience on the offensive line is great. You know, you've got a lot of guys coming back, and they do things quite well, but you have a couple of mm, new starters anyway at running back. With Bright and with Brighton Thompson, tell me, uh, which of those is doing the better job to help the other? You know, it depends on uh, depends
4: on the game almost. Uh, there for a while, it was Darwin Thompson who had a, you know, they didn't run the ball particularly well against Michigan State, but he had a few touchdowns and really gives them a between-the-tackles kind of runner. Uh, Gerald Bright is a converted wide receiver. They've made the switch with him halfway through the season last year uh, to running back, and he's a guy that if he gets out in the open field, I'm sure many of you saw the, the uh, sweep he had against Air Force to really uh, kind of settle the game last week or two weeks ago. He's your speed guy, so it's kind of a Darwin Th- – and Darwin Thompson's got some speed as well, but he's going to be the guy on third and one, third and two that's going to try to get you that first down. Uh, Bright's the one that can break it for 75 yards on a carry
2: talking with Scott Gerard you'll hear him uh, calling the action for the Utah State Aggies tonight glad to have him on uh, Cougar pregame live after last year's 6 and 7 season h- how much of what we're seeing from this Aggie team
4: this year was expected uh, i think uh, i think there was a lot there were high expectations because last year they really had to kind of tear it down after the 3-9 and season the year before and kind of build that thing up. They had some, you know, with some uh, assistant coaches that left, they had some lapses in recruiting. And so that was the result of that 3-9 and season. So they've got some continuity on their staff. They've been able – this is the first time since Matt Wells' first year as head coach that he's got an offensive coordinator for two straight years. So that has helped. And they played some youngsters. They took some lumps last year with some youngsters, but they got better. And now they're reaping the rewards of having – you know, a young team continue to progress, and I anticipate you'll see a pretty good team tonight on the field.
3: Yeah, and in that regard, I think 12 of the 22 starters on offense and defense are junior college kids yes. or school transfers. That's true. And so they got a lot of people that they brought in. Now the speed that they came with, though, that's where it's pretty important. Now uh, help me out, Ron Quavian. Ron Quavian, Tarver. Man, he's got 22 receptions, and he can stretch the field, right? He, he
4: can not stretch the field. I think BYU fans remember him uh, – being oh, yeah. matched up last year, last year on that uh, on that fly route that got him, a, got him a score. He has yet to score a touchdown yet this year because he was the man the last two years. A J.C. transfer, he came in with three years to play, finally playing his senior year. And for the last two years, they really relied on him. He's a good deep threat. He can play uh, a 50-50 ball. They throw fades to him in the end zone. But now they've developed some weapons around him. Uh, Jordan Nathan's a nice compliment out of the slot. Dax Raymond, who grew oh, man, up in yeah. the uh, – you know, in the shadows of this stadium is there. a huge threat for this team. and then He's an
3: NFL guy, I you think? I,
4: I think so. And then Jalen Green, who's a USC transfer, has provided a nice uh, touch for this team.
2: I'm really curious, and this is actually something that I, I asked uh, Matt Wells, and, and listeners will hear that interview coming up in about a half an hour or so. How much of the just crazy numbers that Utah State's putting up in terms of points How much of that is a byproduct of the opponents they faced, and how much of it is a, is this
4: offense being a legit high-powered offense? It's a high-powered offense. Now, 60 and 70 points might be a bit of a result of who you're playing, but 30 to 40 a game, I think, is realistic throughout the course of the season for this team. You know, you look back at that Air Force game, they only had 16 minutes of of time of (laughs) possession in that game, and they still racked up nearly 500 yards of offense and 42 points. So, They will score. They will score quickly, but they have not faced a defense. And I talked to the coaches earlier today. They put the front seven at BYU on par with what they saw against Michigan State. And they know that the days of scoring 60 and 70 aren't going to happen today. And I think a lot of people around this team are really wondering how this offense, which has been so electric, it's almost like Arena Football League-ish, is going to handle finally playing a defense the caliber of what BYU is going to bring to the table.
3: uh, BYU can pressure love. That's that's what I think now for the five top tacklers are those linebackers. Yeah,
4: and they've and Sully Vane is a guy to keep an eye on, too. He only played one game, and that was last week against Air Force. He broke his hand before the season started. He had 13 tackles against BYU last year, led the team in tackles. He's back. He's healthy. Uh, he brings an interesting dynamic to this team. But the one guy you want to keep an eye on, you know, you look at number 10 offensively for Utah State with Jordan Love, number 10 defensively, Tepa Naliyai is a – He's wreaking havoc with teams on the on rush edge. And if you get in third and ten or if it's late in the game and you're down and you have to throw the ball and he can pin his ears back, he's a guy that will probably near the, be near the top of the Mountain West Conference in sacks. He's a special player.
2: Better to so more with Scott Girard calling the action for the Utah State Aggies. Maybe the biggest unknown on with both teams tonight is what we will see from the BYU offense. Yes. That is that is a big question mark. First of all, what's your take on the BYU offense, and also, how do you feel like the Aggie defense matches up with what new offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes wants the offense to do?
4: Well, Jeff Grimes is going to want to run the ball, and with the fly sweep and the many different options they can run off that fly sweep, this Utah State coaching staff is keenly aware, but they also look, they know that they won that game last year by 16 points, but if you go back and watched that game closely and you look at the stats you realize that BYU still dominated the line of scrimmage in that game. Uh, They were you know Ula was able to run the ball particularly well against Utah State until he kind of wore down the second half and started putting the ball on the on the ground a bit. Uh, Defensively I think Utah's or BYU dominated the line of scrimmage. Utah State was not able to run the ball against BYU last year, so they are keenly aware of their ability to run the ball, and they have fi- got to find a way to slow down that rushing attack. You know, whether it's Squally, whether it's Katoa, they understand Jeff Grimes is going to want to run the ball, and that's their number one priority. Find a way to stop the run, especially through the tackles. The fly sweeps, they know that they're going to get some chunk yardage there, but if BYU, when you run and you guys remember the go fast, go hard offense yeah. better than anybody, if if BYU goes on a you know 15 play five and a half minute drive scores a touchdown and then you uh Utah State goes three and out on offense and has to punt the ball back it's it's probably going to be a long day for Utah State that's a scary
3: thing with uh, yeah go fast go hard is the three playing out now you've got a a machine there Dominic Eberle yes (laughs) eight for eight this year holy cow three kicks over 50 yards in one game yeah, that,
4: that was a fun game, too, because it was against New Mexico State, who they lost to in the bowl game, and he missed four field goals in yeah. that game. Uh, he is, he's a weapon. Uh, Lou Gros Award finalist last year uh, and then got food poisoning before the bowl game and really performed poorly in that one. But he's a good player, and he's one of those guys you want, uh, you know, with down two with five seconds left and you're <laughs> lining up a 37-yarder. He's a guy you're going to want. However, uh, remember, he only missed two field goals in the regular season last year, one of them was the BYU, and it was a block kick, too. Yeah. So that's uh, special team is going to be key in this one. All
2: right, Scotty, last thing for you, and we appreciate your time. In terms of confidence, I'm not sure there's been a, a more confident Utah State team coming into Pro yeah. They're feeling really good about what they're bringing in to Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight. With all that said, with a, coming off a win last year, what type of game do you anticipate tonight?
4: I would be really surprised if they play poorly in this game. I think the interesting thing is who's going to flinch, who's going to make the early mistake, uh you know there's who makes the turnover in the first quarter who gives the other team a short field that's what's going to be because i think these teams match up really well with each other and i think their are varying styles of, of utah state high-flying offense and the ground and pound uh the byu is going to bring to the table who's going to make the early mistake and if a team can jump out to an early lead i think that's going to be very advantageous for whoever comes away with a w tonight scotty
2: it's great to see you
4: yep always Good a pleasure stuff. and by the way mark uh on a personal note, as a guy who grew up listening to BYU games in southern Idaho, uh, congratulations on a wonderful career. You've always been a, uh, uh, a guy I've always enjoyed listening to through the many, many years, and so congratulations well, on thank retirement. You. Thank-,
2: thank you. Scotty, great stuff. Uh, have a good call tonight. Appreciate the time. You got it. Thanks. There we go. My one-on-one with linebacker Isaiah is coming up a little bit later on in Shep Talk. But next is Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pre-Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pre-Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. A gorgeous early evening
2: in Provo. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons coming to you from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU and Utah State coming your way in just a little while. It's the battle for the old wagon wheel. Marcus, time for Cougar Cuts. And while Utah State isn't BYU's primary rival, there's still an in-state opponent that views the Cougars as a rival. And quarterback Tanner Mangum discussed what it's like playing Utah State and how the last couple of games have been pretty eventful.
5: Well, there's a little bit of, of a rivalry there. And there's, I don't know how to, how to describe it. It's just Yeah, there's, there's, there's a, a fun atmosphere, you know, where wherever you're you're playing whether it's there or here it's just it's a fun game to be a part of and and so this is my you know fourth time playing Utah State and it's always an intense game there's always it's been close it's been big plays big you know big like I'm thinking of um, 2015 you know it was like Utah State was winning close to to halftime and then Tomasi had that scoop and score and then a big momentum changer, and then we played well in the second half. And, and then 2016, it was it was it was fairly close, and unfortunately Taysom got hurt. Yeah, I, I came in, and that was senior night too, so there's a lot of emotion there. Um, and then last year. You know, Utah State took it to us and and, and beat us pretty handily, and so and that, that was frustrating, and that you know that, that was that was tough to take. And so there's a lot of just you know a lot of emotion that goes into goes into these games, and so it's ex- it's exciting to have a chance to go out and play again. And I you don't know, it's just another fun opportunity.
2: And Mark, it, it is an interesting matchup because, like I said, it's not BYU's primary rival, but it but it's an in-state game. It means a lot, and, and the biggest change because this is a series historically BYU has just dominated. The thing that's, that's made it different and made it more exciting is that Utah State has gotten better.
3: Well, not for me. That hasn't made it. <laughs> I, uh, I you just want to see dominating <laughs> wins. I'm with you on it, by the way. <laughs> I do think that uh, there's a lot of importance in this. Now, uh, Utah State, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, They have a lot of Utah kids on the team, but they have gone out of state. Uh, I was pretty surprised to see that. They have 35 return missionaries on their team. So uh, they are competing for a lot of the same people that BYU is, and they used to be getting all the leftovers, and that's not the case anymore. Uh, Evidenced by the kid from Tempview that's their tight end that's uh, really uh, become a star. And so... Uh, I do think that uh, the fact that BYU competes for the same players, you want to be the top dog. There's a lot of familiarity between these
2: two coaching staffs. In fact, head coach Kalani Satake and Matt Wells are friends. Defensive coordinator Eli Tuyaki was an assistant at Utah State. So really both teams have a pretty good idea what to expect from each other. Coach Satake discussed what he's seen so far from the Aggies in all three phases.
6: They're really good players, good scheme. I like what they do on offense. They go really fast. and We'll have to be ready for that. And uh, Defensively, they tackle well. They, they, uh, they do the fundamental part of the game really well. And they have a really good kicking game, too. I think their field goal kicker is really good. I mean, can't remember his number. I think he's 8 for 8 or something like that. And um, Yeah, I've just been really impressed with their team. And uh, the, looks like they'll be ready to go when we play some on Friday.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned Eberly when we were talking with Scott Gerrard, and this kid is really good. He's, he's pretty much automatic.
3: And uh, from distance, too, and the fact that he even got a chance to try three field goals (laughs) over 50 yards earlier this year. is pretty remarkable. Uh, He did miss four in that uh, bowl game uh, last year, and so – Uh, He's not, you know, completely automatic, but, man, he's got range, and he's got accuracy, and uh, once you get to the 35-yard line, he's a threat to put points on the board.
2: And as we've talked uh, about a lot already, we'll continue to talk about it throughout the evening. Utah State's offense putting up crazy numbers so far, averaging 51.5 points per game. BYU safety Austin Lee talked about how the defense has to play
7: against this high-powered Aggie O. Big numbers, and they're very explosive. I think as a defense, we've got to put ourselves in the right positions. Uh, we've got to trust the process as far as the scheme, what the coaches are uh, teaching us, and trust that players will be in certain situations and not going out out from our assignment because I feel like when there's miscommunication and there's undiscipline, that big plays can happen, and we saw that against Washington. we just got to trust the process, trust the players, trust the coaches, um, trust, trust everything that's going on, and then we'll be able to be more of a sound, sound defense.
2: You know, and it it sounds like well, of course. I mean, you you want to make sure that you're executing. You play assignment sound defense. Like I said, it sounds like, well, of course, duh, but it really is the key going out and executing what BYU's defense wants to do, not getting tricky, and that's something Coach Tuiaki discussed. It's like sometimes we get a little uh, carried away with trying to come up with new things or maybe do things that we're not great at, and we we go away from what we know we're good at. I think we'll see a lot of that tonight in terms of getting back to the basics. And the other thing about uh, Utah State's offense, not only do they score a lot of points, they score quickly.
3: Yeah, they do, and they and they also get them on defense they get points on yeah, defense you're right. so uh, i just they they are a sound football team and you know we do talk about they've played two lower class teams but on the other hand they did everything they were supposed Rick. to and put tons of points up there it was it was you know it wasn't like practice it was an opponent And, uh, you know, in the old days, BYU always used to get criticized because they weren't playing anybody when they were putting up big numbers. But what else can you do? That's your opponent today, and they beat them by more than what you expected. They've got the speed. They've got quickness. I'm really impressed with how well they work together on defense. And uh, so I think BYU's in for a real challenge today.
2: That's Mark Lyons. My name is Jason Shepard. Up next, I go one-on-one with Richard, sophomore linebacker Isaiah Kafusi in Shep Talk. More Cougar Pregame Live comes your way after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back
2: to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Shep and Mark getting you ready for the in-state battle between your BYU Cougars and the Utah State Aggies. All right, you can count on a few things in life the way I look at it, death, taxes, and a Kafusi on the BYU football team. (laughs) Isaiah Kafusi continues the legacy of doing good by the Kafusi name. The redshirt sophomore is the brother of Jackson and the cousin of Corbin and Devin. Now, Isaiah is part of the depth at linebacker and has done a very nice job this season. He's got eight tackles and an INT. I caught up with the former Brighton Bengal. Here's Shep Talk with Isaiah Kafusi. I know you guys get asked all the time about all the Kafusis that are that are on the roster. What is it like being able to play football with family
7: around you? Uh, you know, it's awesome. It's a big blessing. Um, you know, my brother and my cousins kind of keep me straight, and <laughs> we're, we're all kind of there to, you know, hold, hold each other accountable and just kind of, you know, push each other. You know, I remember Corbin always pushing me in the runs and telling me, hey, you can go faster, like keep up with me, or, you know, even lifting. It's It's fun to just have all of us together. I think, you know, we can push each other and just – you know, we, we like to joke too, so it's fun to mess around and joke around with those guys. I
2: was say, Everybody's got a smile—that's on their, that's like the kafusi way—that everybody's
7: got a huge smile on their face.
2: Yeah. Can you push family harder than maybe you could push somebody else?
7: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think, I mean, that's really who you should push the hardest—is family, right? And I mean, you have that connection, you kind of can see potential, and we know, you know, we have kind of the same similar upbringing, mm-hmm. and we kind of know, you know, what's required and. Uh, required of us, really. So, you know, I think for us, you know, in my family, it's always been pushing each other the hardest.
2: Take me through what this week has been so far. You guys are coming off a loss, and I know the whole objective of this week is to put that behind you, bounce back on a short week. What's been the mindset of this team heading into this week against Utah State?
7: You know, it's really just to play hard, um, get back to work, just focus on the little things and the things that are going to help us win the games, right? Just the simple things, you know, assignment, technique, just really getting back to the basics. And then just having fun, you know. I think, you know, Coach has been preaching to us, have fun, have mm-hmm. fun, have fun. And when we do have fun, you know, we're loose and we do what we're supposed to. And it's just it's a good environment. So, you know, just really going back to the basics, having fun and doing what we do best.
2: You know, it's interesting that you brought that up because Coach uh, Tuiaki brought that up on the Coordinator's Corner this week. That, you know, sometimes we, we try and get too creative and we forget just the fundamentals. Yeah. Like, this is what these guys do really well. Let's yeah. focus on that. Yeah. How much of that type of attitude should fans expect against the Aggies
7: I mean that's basically what we're doing this whole week that's our whole attitude is just take it back to the basics do what we do best you know we we know the system and we know what we're supposed to do and so I think you know when we can perfect that just really go back to the basics you know we're going to be a really good football team and that's what you know fans can expect from us is just simplicity ba- basics you know you've had, had a pretty good year so far how do
2: you think the season's gone for you personally
7: uh, pretty good, pretty good. You know, I've enjoyed, um, you know, playing here with my teammates and with coaches. Um, and, you know, I've, I've set goals, and I'm, I'm, you know, starting to accomplish those goals and reach, you know, these goals. And, um, you know, really I'm just all about the team. Whatever I can do to to be the best person I can be to help the team win, that's what I'm going to do. Depth is always something that's talked about, and everybody talks about it, hoping you, you never have to use it. Yeah. But it's just the way it is,
2: sports, athletics, you're going to have yep. injuries. You guys are going through that, but you've had a lot of
7: guys – at multiple positions step up. What does that say about the talent on this roster? It says a lot, actually, and, and I would I would really attribute that to the leadership of the team. I think we've had a lot of guys step up and take the younger guys mm-hmm. under their wings and just kind of help them through things. You know, we've got, you know, at linebacker, we got Butch and Sione yeah. and Zane and Matt Hadley now, and, I mean, we just have a bunch of older guys who so are kind of teaching the younger guys, you know, what, to, what what they expect, really, and what the program is about. And so that's really helped, you know, us younger guys kind of following their footsteps, really, you know, do what we're supposed to do technique-wise and assignment-wise, so I really attribute that to to the older guys. What do you guys
2: see from this Utah State offense? I mean, you just look at the points they're averaging, over 50 points a game, and that obviously gets your attention. What stands out to to you guys?
7: I mean, they're really good at what they do. They don't do much, um, but they are really, really good at what they do, you know, kind of like the basics Mm -hmm. that we were talking about. They just are, are very good at, at the basics and doing, you know, just staying within themselves, not really outreaching, you know, their their abilities, but they they just do what they do best, you know, and that's just be themselves and play hard. Is there a lot of pressure
2: on a defense when you look at a team that's coming in averaging over 50? Like, okay, we've we got our work cut out for us.
7: You know, honestly, I didn't even know that they averaged 50, so I, I don't think we're really, you know, focused on that mm-hmm. and focused on the st- statistics and kind of what they're doing. We're just really focused on... What can we do to stop them? You know, what? How can we play, and how? What should we do against certain offenses and against certain schemes? Um, Yeah, they're a really good team. They're a good squad.
2: Is there any focus on the fact that uh, you guys want to pay
7: them back from the uh, game last year? Um, I don't know. I I don't really get that that sense. I think last year is behind us. I think uh, you know, this off season we've really done a good job of just focusing on the here and now and what we need to do now. So I think majority of the team, we're just you know, this is just another game that we're ready to go for you know, play and. Hopefully it turns out for us. While this is not the
2: primary rival, it's still an in-state team. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always an added something when you play an in-state team,
7: right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is actually one of our goals that we, we've uh, set up during the off season was win the rivalry games, and this was, is a rivalry game. Um, so we're taking this game serious. This is, you know, one of the goals that we've had since forever.
2: Let's end with the Final Four. Sweet. These are always the fun ones.
7: What was the last show you binge-watched? Last show I binge-watched? Honestly, it was probably Friends. With my wife, yeah. We, we, we hadn't ever watched it, and then all of a sudden, you know, someone recommended it to us, and we just watched a bunch of episodes of Friends. So, and did it live up to the hype? Because sometimes, when you've got, like, an iconic series like that,
2: and people hype it up, and it's had 20 years for everybody to talk yeah. about how great it is, sometimes it doesn't live up to the hype.
7: Did it? Yeah, I think it did. I, I really enjoyed it, and my wife really enjoys it, so, I mean, obviously, we binged watched it, so... Yeah. You know, it met up to some, you know, some of the hype. So,
2: so would you consider yourself a a Ross, a Chandler, or a Joey?
7: I like Chandler. He's just his he sense of humor. You know, I'm kind of the same way. I'm always just like, anytime anyone says anything, I'm just jabbing. Yeah. You know, just like Chandler. So, okay. That was a
2: bonus question. That was not part of okay. the final four. Okay. okay, if you were granted one superpower, what would it be? Man, I wish I could fly. Yes, my man. Just,
7: yeah, I just want to fly everywhere. You know, just have a, a good bird's eye view of everything.
2: It's like, the, it's the ultimate superpower. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. You, and now I'm blanking on the other person that said it. There's only been two people like, out of six really? weeks that have said flying. What? Yeah, it's been, it's been nuts. Uh, all right, your favorite meal is what? Hamburger and
7: fries. Just got to go with the solid hamburger and fry. I love hamburgers. All-American all meal right there. Oh, yeah, with some fry sauce. You got to have fry sauce, too. Okay. I eat everything with fry sauce. Oh yeah. Really? Like on
2: everything? Is there salad something is- you would not put fry sauce on?
7: Oh, man. Maybe a salad, but... <laughs> Everything else, I'm not kidding. Everything else, all you fry sauce with. <laughs> all right, uh, last question. How has coming to BYU influenced your life? Oh, man, it's changed my life. You know, the players and, and the coaches really have, you know, the influence that they've had on me, and I, I can't even describe it. You know, people are asked this question all the time, and they, they can't give you an answer, but they just, it's just something that you feel. And I'm, I'm very grateful for Coach Satake. And, you know, the example he's been to me, he's, he's taught me a lot of things and the players around me. And, you know, the school too, it's, it's challenging. It's very challenging. But it's taught me to work hard, and, and uh, really, you can learn anything that you put your mind to it, right? Even if you're not good at it, you can still work at it and get better. So I'm very, I'm very grateful for the school. I wouldn't have it any other way.
2: Isaiah, great stuff, man. I really enjoyed this. Uh, good luck on Friday against thank the Aggies. You,
7: thank you. Appreciate it. All
2: right, that was uh, BYU linebacker Isaiah Kafusi. As, as I told him, I really enjoyed talking with him. Uh, and, uh, binge watched friends. I assume Mark, you've seen friends. <laughs>
3: yeah. I've so seen would friends. you,
2: would you consider yourself a Joey, a Chandler <laughs> or a, uh, a Ross? Ross. Well, I'm going to say you're Joey. And the reason I'm going to say Joey is because you just kind of go with the flow yeah. freewheeling. I like that about you.
3: I'd like to be smart. Like Ross. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like Ross. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Look, he's like as I mentioned leading into that. He's speaking of Isaiah Kafusi. He's part of that BYU defense and part of that uh, that linebacking core that heading into this year was was really set. And because of some injuries, they've had some guys need to play. And overall, I think they've done a really good
3: job. Yeah, I agree that the linebackers have been the solid core. And you know, we might even mention that. Uh, well, I'll talk about it later, probably, but. Uh, Uh, To have uh, Taki Taki able to play the middle and play the outside, and, you know, it really gives him more versatility. All
2: right, we will visit with the voice, Greg Grubell, coming up in about 10 minutes. But first, Mark Lyons is going to chime in on creating more opportunities for the BYU defense to get to the opposing quarterback. Analyze this is next as Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU
0: Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: The BYU Cougars, the Utah State Aggies kickoff from Lavelle Edwards Stadium coming your way in just a little over 80 minutes. Welcome back into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you. It's time for Analyze This. Mark, the BYU defense has played well this year overall, ranking 49th in the nation in total defense. They're 25th in scoring defense. But one area where they've not had a lot of success is getting to the quarterback for a sack. The Cougars rank 127th in the NCAA in sacks. Why do you think this number is so low, and what can BYU do to increase the number of sacks?
3: Well, <clears throat> first of all, pressure is so important for the BYU pass defense. you just got to get enough pressure on the quarterback that uh, he's uh, concerned about who he's going to throw it to. And, and last week that just didn't happen. Man, it, uh, they had all day to throw, and that ended up he was able to look and look and look and find an open guy. The BYU, uh, I think, has to change their attitude. They were playing very conservative on defense. Uh, Coach uh, Kafus, uh, Coach Kalani said that uh, they did have some pressure packages put together, but they were keeping in a tight end to block. They were keeping backs in to block. They were reducing the number of receivers out in order to protect the quarterback. So they went away from any of their blitz packages. But uh, I-, I felt like that that's an area that you have to attack. When you're outmanned and they're whooping you in the pass game, You've got to take some chances and you got to force them to beat you by putting pressure on the quarterback. And it's not just sending each guy into a gap. you got to do some uh, some stunts that are going to be a little bit creative. So I do think that, uh, you know, Kafusi has four of the sacks so far and Zach Dahl has one. And... Uh, When you're going to gamble with blitzing, you do have to play man-to-man. And with the speed that Utah State has on the outside edge, if you don't get to the quarterback, you really are putting yourself in a vulnerable spot. So that's kind of the concern. But uh, the fact that Takitaki has moved to middle linebacker when Butch was playing, that took away one of their supreme pass rushers. So with Butch back at middle, that puts Takitaki back on the edge. Zane Anderson hopefully will be back on the edge. And those two guys are going to add some quickness out there to be able to pursue and force Love into making decisions quicker than he's accustomed to. And that pressure should be able to help BYU's pass defense.
2: You know, and what you just said I think is spot on. And certainly every defense and every defensive player wants to have as many sacks as possible. It's, it's a number that you can look at and, you know, you you immediately – Know the the result of that play because it's right there. You know he sacked him for however however many yards uh, of a loss. I, I understand why that's a big deal, and you certainly want as many as you can get. But what you said in terms of getting the pressure, pressure can can. Whether it's a hurry or forcing the quarterback to make a bad play, just getting the pressure can be big enough to turn the tide for your defense.
3: Yeah, the quarterback just can't sit back there and be comfortable. He can't be saying, I'm having so much fun. He's got to be saying, I'm worried about what's coming next past team." All right, coming up next, we will visit with the
2: voice. Greg Rubel joins Cougar Pre-Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pre-Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard.
2: Coming up a little later, Mitchell Juergens will join me. We'll get his view from the sideline. Mitch has played in a couple of these games against uh, Utah State. Excited to talk with the former Cougar and our uh, sideline reporter. That's coming up in just a few minutes. You'll also hear from Utah State head coach Matt Wells. But right now, as we do each and every pregame show, it's time for our visit with the voice. Joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, Greg, looking great in your
1: royal tonight. It's a royal night. Uh, the fans are to wear royal to match the team. It'll be uh, royal jerseys and white pants for the Cougs tonight. By oh, the way, good. the, the Aggies like under Matt Wells, the Aggies under Matt Wells, have used 15 different uniform combinations. <laughs> There are that many. They like to to mix and match a little bit. Once you you bring the pewter into the mix, it all gets crazy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's blue and it's white, but then you go pewter and, uh, yeah, watch the combinations uh, uh, multiply.
3: They even kept a record for each uniform that they've worn.
1: That's very true, Mark. Yeah. They've broken it down. So so I, I don't know what to expect because I don't know what they're wearing tonight yet. Uh, it looks um, like they, the white pants white, will be involved.
3: I think it's going to be white and white.
1: Well, we'll see about that. We'll check out the white and white record here in a minute.
2: Greg, there are some uh, players who could be making their return to the lineup tonight for BYU. I know you just spoke with head coach Kalani Satake. Did he make any announcements regarding any of the injured players?
1: Well, he we may go players to player. And uh, Zane Anderson is expected back tonight. But uh, Diane Gonwoloku is not. So uh, Diane is, uh is coming along and is probably as close as he's been but uh, won't be available tonight at least that's Kalani's expectation right now but uh, but the gang's back together the uh, the starting trio of Taki Taki Pau and Anderson should be back out there as a group tonight
2: and what do you think the addition of Zane who obviously has played a huge role, missed the last couple of games with the injury. Having him back in the lineup and going back to the original starting three linebackers, the seniors, how much of of a help do you think that will be defensively?
1: Well, he does things that I think BYU... missed last week in particular up in Washington. And uh, I, n- not not that he wins you the game, but I think uh, the issues BYU had would have been less pronounced with his type of ability at that second level. Yeah. And so that's what I, th- Mark, it fair to say on that yeah, one? Yeah, I think yeah. so.
3: His quickness and coverage, he does a good job of being able to stay with the back, and he also can bring pressure from the edge.
1: By the way, uh, when Utah State goes white and white and white, uh, they're 4-4, four and four, if that's what they do tonight. Yeah.
3: Oh well, I'd say we have a fifty percent chance then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> who has more pressure on them tonight, Greg? Uh, or maybe who needs to have the bigger night—the BYU offense or the BYU defense?
1: I—I'd I, like to—I'd like to leave this game with the confidence that uh, BYU can go toe to toe with a good offensive team, and—and—and uh, not—not that you're conceding that Utah State's going to just rack them up tonight. But knowing that they, you know, that 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 they can uh, put up a lot of points, and knowing that the players that are doing it are, are legit talents. I'd like to feel that BYU can, can match and supersede that level of ability and, and show that they are a good offensive team. And, and not that they have to uh, throw all caution to the wind, but show the ability to, to, to be a playmaking group. Uh, that's one thing you see from Utah State is when you watch the film is is they're, they're making a lot of big plays offensively, and, and BYU's making a smaller number of plays offensively. Squally Canada's uh, 240-plus yard runs at Wisconsin are the sum total of BYU's big plays. That is 40 or more, 40 yards or longer on the season. That is it. So in one game, one player accounted for those two plays, and that is it for BYU. So I'd like to see a little more diversity and, and, and again, the confidence that that, that if, if, if BYU does get into a toe-to-toe up-and-down type of football game, that they can be right there in that game. Of course, I'd be ecstatic if they, if they uh, uh, shut Utah State down tonight. And, and Utah State's schedule strength doesn't give us a good indication of, of just exactly where they are because Sagarin has them at 148th and has BYU at 5th. So uh, BYU's got a winning record in the same number of wins with a much tougher schedule. Utah State's played one less game. Of course, they're at 3-1, but they haven't been challenged necessarily since the Michigan State opener the way that BYU will challenge the Aggies tonight.
3: Really good on special teams. Uh, I do <laughs> think I'll say. I'm going to even theorize that, uh, you know, BYU likes to kick it high and put it down in between the 5 and the goal line and anticipate they're going to cover. But they've been so good on kickoff return, my expectation is they might try and kick it into the end zone now.
1: Well, I hope, I hope that's what Andrew Mickelson can do. They've scored uh, four non-offensive touchdowns this year. They've got a kickoff return touchdown. They've got a punt return touchdown. They've got two INT touchdowns. They've got touchdowns that you don't expect to get touchdowns on when a guy runs for 65 or 70 yards to the end zone. Those kinds of plays don't happen all the time, but Utah State's making those plays with regularity. So regardless of how they got there, Shep, they feel they're a good football team, and they feel they're a great offensive football yeah. team. And if somebody tells them differently, they're going to believe that they're going to go out there and expect to put up 50. And, uh, and last year's game, they scored 40 against BYU. And Where would a BYU have been last year? If they didn't cough the ball up seven
3: times, <laughs> seven
1: turn- So if BYU wasn't turning it over, they were scoring. And two but returns
3: <laughs> for scores, yeah. So
1: it was, uh, again, you just, you know, that, that's something you never would expect to see. And that's not this year's BYU team. BYU's team if is if, if it's keeping itself in games, last week being the exception, with, uh, with careful play. Only four giveaways in five games. That'll keep you in a lot of games. Most disappointing last week was, I thought... Uh, uh, the first couple of drives of the game kind of set the tone for BYU. The first drive was a three and out, but there were plays to be made on that first three and out, including a fly sweep in which the player ran out of bounds, and then a third and one where they ran out of gun for the first time this year and didn't make it. That, that, that's an early tone setter. Next drive, they had about 90 yards in offense, oh. but about 50 yards in penalties. Right. And so they got, into the red, they got into the red zone, ultimately out of it, and, uh, and and missed a field goal at the end of that whole thing. And that, that that was an eight. You know what that was? That was an 13, eight. That, that was an eight-minute, eight, eight and a half, eight eight-minute and thirty-three, uh, eight-minute thirty-three-second drive with, with no points. Yeah. You can't have the ball for eight and a half minutes and get nothing out of it. And that was an early tone setter for BYU. And so I'm going to now throw it back to the the, for the first quarter. Utah State has scored forty-seven points in the first quarter in four games. BYU scored seven points in five games. If, if, if each team keeps to their averages, BYU's going to have a tough time climbing out of that hole because this is not a quick strike offense. It has not been. But when they get the lead, when they lead after a quarter, lead at halftime, that's been money for Kalani's teams. I think the first quarter is huge tonight. Not that it's only a 15-minute game, but I think the first 15 minutes will almost tell the tale for BYU. If they're ahead of or right with Utah State, good things can happen. You can't see a two-score a two deficit after an opening quarter. It would not bode well. And that's the kind of team Utah State is right now until they play this BYU team, which, again, is the best they've seen since Michigan State in the opener. And I'm going to end my segment by, uh, by going back to what I said a moment ago about uniform combinations, <laughs> noting, <laughs> noting that they have the navy blue helmets with oh. the white jerseys and white pants. They've only ever played one game with this combination, and they lost it. Oh, so Matt Wells temp- with fire. tempting fate tonight <laughs> by taking out the navy blue helmets with the white jerseys and white pants, whether or not he knows that he's 0 1. He's putting out a uniform combo in which Utah State has never won a game. They're 0-1 in the blue helmets, white jerseys, white pants, and that is your uniform combo update.
2: (laughs) I do want to ask you this because this is a storyline that we have talked about a lot regardless of the opponent this week or that week. It's the size of BYU on the lines, offensively and defensively. How much of an advantage do you believe that can be for BYU tonight?
1: Well, it's the advantage Kalani expects to have, and when he told me in the pregame interview, uh, they need to control both lines of scrimmage. That's the number; those are the numbers he hopes uh, bear out tonight. And uh, and and not not that they're shrimps at all. I mean, no. uh, in fact, if if you just look at the uh, uh, the just straight offensive line for Utah State, they're all pushing 300 and three plus, but. I think Kalani thinks he has an advantage on both O-lines and D-lines, and they have to go show it and prove it tonight. Uh, Utah State's not small by any stretch, uh, but uh, it is the area that Kalani thinks and hopes to have an advantage this evening.
2: Craig. As always, fantastic stuff. We'll hear your entire interview with Kalani Satake coming up in about 35 minutes. Thank you for the time. Mark, thank you as well. We'll hear both of you guys coming up a little later. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. All right. After a quick break, our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar Pre Game Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pre Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: To Cougar pregame live, Jason Shepard with you. Before we get to Mitchell Juergens, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is
3: BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143 and online at
1: byuradio.org. Talk about good.
2: The BYU Cougars getting ready to face the Utah State Aggies. We are coming to you live from a gorgeous Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Great night for football. A few clouds, mostly blue skies. Temperatures expected to be by the time the game ends in the upper 40s. It'll definitely be cooler than uh, what we've seen from some of the, of the previous home games. But uh, it just kind of feels like football weather. Uh, as always, happy to be joined by former Cougar receiver, now current sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch,
8: how you doing? Doing great, yeah. This is this is like football weather, isn't it? It is, and I've come prepared. Um, I've, I've how many got layers the, do you have? I've got a few, so um, I'm just you know as a player, I could run around and, and stay warm. And I, I'm afraid as a sideline reporter, that's not going to be the case tonight. So. Uh, I've dressed um, in preparation for a cold night and hoping I stay warm. Yeah, if there's anybody that's coming to the game
2: or maybe if you see it on TV, if you see uh, Mitchell like running around doing <laughs> laps, he, it may just be because he's a little cold. So, all right, former player, you can speak to this. What are games against Utah State like they're an in-state team. It's categorized as rival, but they're not your primary rival. What are these matchups against
8: Utah State like? Yeah, these, these games are always intense. Um, Utah State always comes out very strong with high intensity. Um, and with how the matchups have played out over the last 40 years with basically uh, BYU dominating those matchups, I feel like Utah State always comes out with a chip on their shoulder. Um, Utah State doesn't view themselves as the lesser team Um, because they know they can beat and compete with them year after year. Um, And if you look at the last four years, they have done just that. Uh, BYU and Utah State have split those games. Uh, So today is a big game for both teams to see who will take the majority of the wins in the last five years. Um, And to speak on the rivalry, yes, it may not be as big of a rivalry as the University of Utah, but it's still a rivalry. Um, This, you know, a lot hangs on this game. Winning the state of Utah is a big deal, and all three Uh, D1 schools in the state want to be that team so it always feels like this is a must win for the Cougs against Utah State
2: You know it's interesting these two teams come into tonight's matchup on completely different uh, Well, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. You've got Utah State coming off a win and a bye week You've got BYU coming off a loss and a short week to prepare so in terms of the difference in time preparation are, are the perceived advantages and disadvantages real or exaggerated?
8: You know, honestly, I think they're real. Um, And the way I look at it, I I believe a team performs better when they're able to put more time and effort into preparation. Um, So looking at the perceived advantages for this matchup, I think you can say that Utah State has had more time to prepare for this specific matchup, and therefore could possibly be more prepared for the game. Um, However, I love giving the counter-argument because, as we all know in sports, there's no specific formula to determine who can come out and win a game. Um so looking on the flip side I believe that the best preparation a team can go through for a game is playing an actual game. Uh BYU learned a lot about the loss last week against Wisconsin, or against Washington, sorry, and can take everything that they learned from that game and use it to their advantage against Utah State tonight. Um so yes, there are perceived advantages when it comes to a football game. However, those advantages can be completely different for each team. Um so it will come down to who shows up and wants some more tonight. Right. BYU's offense, as we know, they're going to have to find a way to score more. With what you've
2: seen from the Utah State defense, what are the chances that they can get things going
8: tonight, do you think? Yeah, I think the chances are definitely there, um, but we'll see if BYU can take advantage of those chances. Um, when you look at Utah State's opponents so far, they've played really good defense in two of those four games. Um, and those two games that they played really well, was it was against New Mexico State and Tennessee Tech, two teams that Utah State should have beat. Uh, they should have shut down, and they did. Um, but when you look at the other two games, Michigan State put up 38 points and 452 total yards of offense, and Air Force put up 32 points and 471 total yards of offense. Um, so I'd, I'd put BYU on a similar level of competition as Miss, Michigan State and Air Force rather than New Mexico State and Tennessee techs, Tech. So if, so if the numbers continue... Um, we could see a 30-point game um, and over 450 total yards of offense. Now, in order for BYU to do that, they're going to have to make some changes, specifically, I feel, in their deep pass game. Uh, We haven't seen BYU air it out consistently in a game so far this season, and I believe in order to put up those numbers I mentioned before, the receivers need to step up and Tanner needs to air it out.
2: How much of a loss do you think it is to not have Moronailo Lupututau?
8: You know, it's it's a loss um, for sure because you know, he's been probably our most consistent target in yeah. catching the ball. Um, him or Aleva. Yeah, and you can argue Aleva, but he's done a lot um, on the jet sweep, and so you know not necessarily catching the ball. Uh, but yeah, those two guys have led the offense in the pass game, and so when you take that away, um, it, it's definitely a hole that they're going to have to fill, but it's a great opportunity for guys to step up. Um, we've got depth at tight end, and we've got receivers that have proven to be impactful players, it's just up to them to see if they want to step up and take it. And I would certainly expect more from Matt Bushman, and the reason I say that
2: was because at Media Availability on Tuesday night, uh, Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes was asked specifically about Matt Bushman, and he talked about how impressed he's been with the improvements that he has made. He knows that he's got the ability to catch the football, but in terms of blocking, things like that, I I would certainly expect for him to play a larger role than maybe what we've seen so far.
8: Yeah, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Matt Bushman becomes the go-to guy for the rest of the season. Um, He's proven that he can take on Um, that level of responsibility in the offense as he did last year and with Moroni gone um, I mean it's really sad to see him go but I do think that Matt Bushman can step up and say hey I want you know I want to lead this this receiving core and tight end core and I think he's got the ability to do so all right, let's focus on Utah State's
2: offense and what BYU's defense is going to have to do. Certainly they are more than just Jordan Love. They've got a lot of weapons around him, but it certainly starts with their quarterback. What,
8: what can BYU's defense do to slow down Jordan Love? Yeah, BYU has to put pressure on Jordan Love and get some shots on him. Um, He needs to feel uncomfortable in the pocket, and that only happens as they continuously put pressure on him and get him on the ground. Um, Last week was the perfect example of what we, or what a quarterback can do with basically no pressure and feeling as comfortable as Jake Browning could have possibly felt in the pocket. I mean, he picked apart our defense, completing 23 of 25 passes, and Um, He did that because he had all the time in the world and never felt like he had to rush passes or scramble out of the pocket. Um, So in order to stop Jordan Love, BYU needs to make him feel uncomfortable. Um, a good defense will make a quarterback wonder every time he 's standing in the pocket for longer than a full second, wondering you know where the pressure 's coming from and thinking well shoot I, you know I better get i better start moving or i 'm going to get lit up um, and so if BYU way you can put pressure on him and get him to the ground early, I think they have a great shot at throwing Jordan love off of his game all right i 'm going
2: to put you on the spot a little bit i 'm not uh-huh. going to ask for a score or anything like that, okay. but you have to pick one
8: player on either side of the football that has to have a big game tonight. For BYU. Who is it? Tanner Mangum. Um, I, you know, I think tonight is his time to shine. Um, with some question marks, you, you could say, in the backfield about Squally Canada's health and durability. I mean, we've seen him go out with injuries um, during the game. Um, and even though Lopina Katoa has really come alive in the last two games, he's still a freshman and will have a bit of a learning curve, curve from week to week. Um, and then I also think with how good Utah State's offense has been, you know, averaging over 51 points a game so far this season, um, in order for BYU to keep up, Tanner Mangum will have to sling the rock tonight and could be asked to do more than he has needed to do so far. Um, so I'm interested to see how the offense and play going will change if BYU is required to go fast in order to keep up with Utah State. Uh, but no matter how the offense looks tonight, I think Tanner Mangum will play a huge role in their success. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see him come up and, and say that this is the Tanner Mangum week. Yeah, yeah th- you and I are on the same page. Tanner Mangum is
2: the guy that I would go to uh, for that answer as well. I, I think, you know what, and, and I just have a feeling I have a feeling BYU is going to try and air it out. Now, they certainly know they've got to run the ball, and that's something that Utah State is preparing for because they know how prolific BYU has been able to be uh, with Squally and Lopini, as you mentioned. Absolutely. But I, I just have a feeling BYU is going to try and go downfield yeah and I think that and i and honestly if if they can have success at that, you
8: talk about loosening up that defense a little bit that that will help yeah and as a you know this this might be a biased opinion, but as a former receiver, <laughs> I love seeing them throw the ball down yeah. the field, receivers making plays i mean that 's what gets me juiced and fired up and and so i just i want to see that um, from the crew tonight and and I think they can do it, and it 's just um, for Tanner Mangum to build trust in his receivers, he's got to feel comfortable. They've got to make plays, and I think it starts tonight. He is our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jergens. You you will hear
2: him on the broadcast tonight with Greg and Mark. Mitch, great stuff as always. Uh, we'll hear you and hopefully see you uh, not doing laps. Uh, <laughs> that you'll be you'll be content and warm down there on the sidelines hopefully. tonight.
8: Hopefully, hopefully the. Yeah, hopefully uh, my warmth, my clothes do their job. Today,
2: this will so. be your very first opportunity to see how you handle the cold. And it's not really that cold, but it's the coldest temperatures. Is it going to be colder than Washington? It will be. Okay, oh, so yeah. there you go. So yep. this will be this will be your first real test of the weather of the season. Great stuff, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. On the other side, we go across the field and talk with Utah State head coach Matt Wells. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Cougar Pre-Game live on the new skin BYU Sports Network now back to your host Jason Shepard
2: welcome back to Lavella Edwards Stadium BYU and Utah State tonight from Provo now earlier this week I talked with the head coach of the Utah State Aggies Matt Wells here's our conversation coach how would you best describe the start your team has had to the 2018 season
9: I think it's been good um, so far you know, we've uh, we kind of, you know, you've had a difference of opponents <laughs> a little bit on the extreme side, um, you know, uh, early in the year. But I think um, we've played fairly consistent. Um, our offense has been in good rhythm. Um, but we've played different types of teams, too. You know, you got Michigan State that's 12 personnel, two tight ends, uh, fullback, sometimes three tight ends, and then Air Force a week ago, you know, to uh, to the option, you know. And uh, so our defense, is, it's been an interesting, you know, and then the two in between were very much spread and gun and all that stuff. So uh, different for our defense, rhythm uh, has been pretty good on offense.
2: You know, because of what you mentioned in terms of, you know, playing different teams, some at one end of the spectrum and the other, has it been difficult for you to get to what you feel maybe is an accurate interpretation of what the team really is, or do you feel like you have a pretty good handle on that?
9: No, I've got a good handle on it. Um, The scores are, you know, obviously that's all going to bear itself out here over the next right week to, you know, eight weeks left in the season. The scores will bear itself out. I think we have a good team, you know, um, but good teams don't always have great years. Um, Does the good team play a little bit better? Uh, Do we overcome some adversity? And we've already had our share of injuries, so we've overcome some of those already. Um, and then getting into close games, we we won a close game last week, um, which was good for us, uh, you know, as a one possession game. And then we extended the lead to uh, 10 points um, there in the middle of the fourth quarter. So that was good. We struggled a little bit in close games the last couple of years. And so we'll see. Uh, I do think we've got a, an older, t- experienced team that plays pretty good. But uh, that doesn't, you know, like I said, we'll see if it bears out into having a really good season or not.
2: One thing that certainly stood out to me is the confidence level that your team is playing with really on both sides of the football. Everybody will talk about uh, things offensively, but even on defense, special teams doesn't really matter. At what point did you say, you know what, we may have something pretty special here?
9: Well, I I haven't said that yet, to be dead honest with you, and I'm not sure where you're going with special teams doesn't matter Um, because it does to us here. Um, I think we've got... You know, we put a lot of time and effort into special teams. Um, certainly, our defense, like you mentioned, is playing with some good confidence. They've they've uh, forced some turnovers, and um, we've had a few go back for touchdowns. So that's certainly good. And I think you do you keep doing those kind of things, you, you gain confidence as a as a defense.
3: And
2: just to clarify, what what I meant was not the special team doesn't matter. Meaning all three phases, it doesn't matter which one we're talking about. You have confidence in all three of them. That's what I meant.
9: But fair enough, and and I do have confidence in all three of them. And you know. Um, that uh, you you gain confidence, and I tell our players this all the time, you gain confidence as coaches by how you perform. Um, it's not about a good player or a great player, it's about the performance and how do you perform, and coaches gain confidence in that, and when you gain confidence, then, you know, you start scheming stuff for guys, and you start giving guys more playing time and all that kind of stuff, so we have uh, drawn some confidence in the the way our guys have played.
2: Talking with Matt Wells, head coach of the Utah State Aggies in town to take on the BYU Cougars. Appreciate his time here on Cougar Pregame Live. The offensive explosion is pretty remarkable, and certainly Jordan Love is right at the front of that but there are a lot of playmakers on this offense when you look up and down this offense it's got to feel pretty good to see that you're getting contributions from everybody
9: well we've gained a little bit more depth this year you two running backs Cheryl Bright Darwin Thompson that are doing a good job two tight ends Dax Raymond Carson Tell from really right there in your neck of the woods that I think are really good and and I uh, love those guys and they're playing really good and then we we've gotten more depth at, at receiver Ron Quavion-Turver, you know, is going on his third year starting, but we've added Jalen Green. Savon Scarver's played well at times. Devin Compton's a true freshman,'s played well at times. Those guys have played well on the outside. Jalen Green is the one that uh, is really uh, added to us.
2: When you look at BYU coming off a pretty difficult loss on the road at Washington, when you look at this Cougar team, what stands out to you?
9: Well, I don't see so much the difficult loss because the team that uh, that won uh, there in Seattle is really, really good. Um, and so what it, what stands out to me is is uh, winning on the road at Arizona um you know that was a, that's a big win winning on the road at at uh Wisconsin I I know firsthand I mean we've been in there twice and and um came close once and came close at halftime once I <laughs> didn't count you know and so I know that's a tough place to win a man much much credit and and uh, what a what a great win what a great program win and, um, I certainly think that'll go a long ways um with those guys and with that locker room and gaining confidence of winning in Madison
2: from a size standpoint. How do you feel you match up with b y u on both sides of the line
9: um good i mean i I think they're they got some big guys i mean, you know you look at tonga and he's he's a big old boy inside, and Corbin is long. Um, really physical. Those guys, they got a really physical D-line. You know, Bracken and and Peely, you know, kind of on the other side. All four of those guys are physical. They're big. You know, their their, uh, offensive line is traditionally always big and tough. And I think Jeff Grimes, you know, you look at an offensive coordinator that's an offensive line coach. A tremendous amount of respect for him, and I promise you, those five are coached up very well uh, by their O-line coach and and Jeff Grimes.
2: I know you're asked every time Utah State plays an in-state team, just what these in-state games mean to you and the program. What does a, an opportunity to take on another in-state team mean for you?
9: Oh, it's a great, it's a great challenge for us. It's a great game. It's a great opportunity. You know, it's it's for a trophy, and it's something that means a lot uh, to our players. I think it means a lot to our fan base, uh, our alumni, our boosters, our fans, all those all those people. Um this is a big game for a lot of people up here.
2: And there's a lot of familiarity whether it's from players on the field, coaches, there's just a lot of familiarity when you take on teams from in state. That just kind of adds another level, doesn't it?
9: Yeah, it it does and I think it's cool. You know, you got cousins playing against each other, you got high school teammates playing against each other. You've got high school rivals playing against each other and um, certainly coaches on, uh, on both staffs that, um, you know, we've, we've coached with some of their guys Um, shoot. They got one guy on their staff that, that we, that we coached, that coached here at Utah state and um, you know, and vice versa. Right. So we got, you know, we, we got a guy on our staff that played down there. So, you know, those kind of things, they they uh, they run deep, right? And uh, I think it just adds to it, and I think it's cool.
2: Thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll see you on Friday.
9: Okay, appreciate you having me on.
2: That's the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Matt Wells. Again, I appreciate his time helping us preview tonight's matchup between the Cougars and the Aggies. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football and we'll preview number one BYU women's volleyball at San Diego. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: Final segment of Cougar Pre-Game Live. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on tonight in college football. Not a lot of action. In fact, no top 25 matchups. That's all tomorrow. The game's going on right now. Georgia Tech at Louisville. The Yellow Jackets with a 10-point lead over the Cardinals at 24-10. They are nearing halftime in that game. Also, just beginning the second quarter, Middle Tennessee and Marshall are tied at 3-0. A piece Number one, and undefeated BYU women's volleyball takes its dominance on the road for a rare Friday night match at San Diego tonight. Cougars are completely undefeated, have not lost a game in overall, have not lost in conference. In fact, they haven't lost a set since September 8th. Let me repeat that. They have not lost a set since September 8th. They are rolling, and tonight is a big match against the Toreros. It starts at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, and I will update you on that match throughout the evening also one other thing to update you on major league baseball playoffs going on a couple of finals in the nlds it was the brewers taking a two games to none lead over the rockies four nothing is the final there in milwaukee and the astros defeating the indians seven to two in game one of the alds uh the other alds underway red sox and the yankees it is boston with a three nothing lead heading to the bottom of the third that's a wrap for cougar pregame live coming up next is the zions bank cougar pregame coaches show with greg rubel and kalani You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU
0: Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar pregame coaches show presented by Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lovell Edwards Stadium where the Friday night lights are on and ready to illuminate this in-state conference weekend clash. It is BYU and Utah State with the Aggies looking to claim consecutive wins over the Cougars for the first time in more than 40 years. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel. My broadcast partner is the former BYU quarterback, the Arvada Flash, the legendary Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, in a rivalry that has tipped BYU's way for decades now, the Cougars should be naturally confident. After all, they've won 31 of the last 37 meetings with Utah State. have only good. lost to the Aggies once here at home since 1978. Whoa. But, BYU's coming off a disappointing demolition last week, while three Agg- or the Aggies are coming off a bye week and they're 3-1. Uh, they've, they've won three in a row. They're scoring a ton of points and no doubt seeking to make a statement in what would be a milestone win for that program. Kooks better come ready, Mark, for uh, tonight's battle because uh, they weren't last week and it cost them in Seattle.
3: Boy, I agree, Greg. It was a surprising lopsided loss that last week to Washington and the loss exposed some of BYU's weaknesses, I thought, uh, as far as how they played the game. But after the win at Wisconsin, I believe that BYU is going to be tough and be able to hang with everybody left on their schedule. Maybe not beat everybody, but at least hang with everybody. And Washington's pass game proved to be too much for BYU to defend. BYU couldn't get off blocks to stop the rush attack. So the stout defense that was presented I just think that uh, Utah State presents some similar problems in the fact that uh, uh, they throw the ball really well. So right you are, my proficient play-by-play partner. (laughs) They come off a bye, and uh, I think that that's going to help them to be able to attack those weaknesses. They average 37 passes a game for 284 yards. They ran for an average of 5.5 yards a carry. So they do a lot of things really well. They're going to be pumped up. BYU has to meet that energy early in the game. I'm ready for some Friday night lights, Greg. we got a perfectly cool fall evening. Feels like football weather. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game.
1: Mm. In Provo right now, it's showing 60 degrees. And by the end of the night, it'll be down into the mid to high 40s. But that's fall football weather. Indeed it is. Coming up next, the pregame thoughts of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. As the Zions Bank, Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Tonight here in
1: Provo, it's the now traditional general conference weekend get-together between BYU and Utah State. The Aggies have won three in a row after a season opening setback at Michigan State. Michigan, uh, BYU's been uh, up and down on the way to 3-2. and A couple of really nice P5 wins, a couple of rough P5 losses. The schedule now gives them the entire month of October here at home with no P5s until the season ender with Utah. The first of three October games is the rivalry game with the Aggies. Fourth nationally in scoring offense and almost 52 points per game. Some of the numbers are a function of schedule, but part of it is the Ags are just really good on offense. And historically, the Utah, uh, Utah State-BYU game features a lot of points being put up by the winners, certainly in our pregame interview now brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I asked BYU head coach uh, Kalani Sitake about how he'd feel about the prospects of a shootout here tonight.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think we we have to be prepared for everything, you know, and, and um, just looking at last year's game, the, the, the key was the, the turnover. It's not really much the score than it was the, I think, it, I believe it was seven turnovers, seven turnovers we had. Yeah. And so uh, just really playing a clean game is what we're trying to focus on, and, and uh, I'm still waiting for that time where we can play consistently as, as a team for all four quarters, and hopefully that happens tonight.
1: You had seven giveaways in one game. Through five games this year, you have only four. That's one of the reasons you are 3-2.
6: Yeah, and, and and obviously we could still do better than that, you know, in the next six games or next next game for sure. But um, I, I think there's uh, there's always a, the thought of taking the necessary risk, and um, and Utah State makes some good plays too. So uh, I'm not saying that we can't play error free, but definitely seven was way too many to overcome last year, and um, you know we're hoping to do better this this time, but. I feel like the um, you know, as long as we just do our play our game and play BYU style, we'll be okay. Uh, that we just need to play BYU football and we'll be fine. Do
1: you think you've seen the kind of game that you think your team is fully capable of through five games? Does Wisconsin
6: come closest? Um, yeah, in, in, in certain spots, and I think maybe I'm probably just saying that probably expecting too much, but there's there's parts of games where where, where you just have uh, you know valleys and peaks and all that stuff but it, we really need to be consistent as a team and and hopefully that works this this you know this game and uh, starting fast and all that stuff it all matters but we, t- we talked about all, how all the little things matter um, in our preparation and trying to find ways to do one thing better this week than we did last week and then when we get to the game just just really letting loose and, and not putting too much pressure on yourself so we're at home that makes us feel a little bit better but I think more than anything, come up last week, these guys are anxious to get on the field, but we can't get overly anxious and, and uh, where we're not playing our style of football, so it's kind of a, a uh, happy medium between all of it, and I think once we get there and just start playing, I think it will all start to shape up. You lose an
1: important player in Moroni, but you get an important player back. It looks like uh, Zane Anderson has made his way back.
6: Yeah, and Zane's had a great week of practice, and so he, he makes, he, you know, his leadership and his playmaking ability is a huge difference for us, but... Uh, his speed and the reason why we moved him there to begin with um we felt like riggs did a great job as his backup especially last week but um zane just has a lot more experience there and hopefully that will help us make big plays
1: i presume you'll go with austin and troy at the safety spots because diane isn't quite ready to go
6: yeah diane won't be playing unfortunately we felt like he could have gone but didn't have enough practice time and uh but we feel comfortable with sawyer power and uh, powell and tanner jacobson being able to fill in
1: and Matt Bushman is someone you know that can take an increased number of looks now because he was so big for you last year.
6: Yeah, and he's improved in, in every part of his game, so I think this is really good for him. Um, unfortunate for the injury, but I think he's he's ready to take on a bigger role.
1: What defines Utah State's offense?
6: Well, they just go really fast, and and, and um, it's comparable to the Oregon, Chip Kelly, when he was there, and um, probably and even when Robert and I was here with the, the go hard, go fast type deal, They I think they play the fastest in the country, and we have to be ready for that. You know, we have to be able to get them off the field and, and limit their their big plays. And I think if if we play disciplined football, we'll be fine. I, I really believe we have to own the line of scrimmage, and I feel good about our game prep and I feel good about our scheme.
1: Your team specializes in limiting big plays. You're one of the best defenses in the country at keeping those gains, you know, manageable. And they've got a couple of running backs who have each busted a pair of touchdown runs of 50 to 70 yards.
6: Yeah, and then that's the, going to be the key is is the front seven being able to. Control and and, and beat gap sound and assignment sound and if we can do that and keep them away from getting in space and that's where uh, those guys can really make make you pay is getting in space and and getting those the speed and fast backs out in, in that much open area really really difficult to keep them crowded
1: How much does familiarity play into this thing? Since so many of the players and staffs know each other and you see each other
6: every year, I think it's it's uh it only makes the game better. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I, I love knowing that the, their uh, players and their coaches and uh, their fans. I mean, we all have um, family members and friends that are, are uh, Utah State fans, so uh, this is going to be another fun rivalry game, and we're looking forward to it. That's one of our goals is to own the rivalry games, and this is the first of them. So, looking forward to having a, a familiar team that we've seen throughout our schedule. You know, and um, for the most part, the other teams are all brand new. This one's one that we recognize and. We're uh, really looking forward to playing against them and especially overcoming the issues that we had last year.
1: Finally Kalani you alluded to it earlier uh, relative to a fast start every coach would love to start fast and score first possession all those kinds of things but in this particular game is there more importance on making sure you get off to a solid start?
6: Yeah and it, there's I mean it's it's more just um, um, playing our style of football and, and, and meaning that you can just take what they, what, what you you can get and, and um, being patient and when the moment comes to, to, to explode with it. And that's we've, we've done that before. Um, and and really just being, being able to minimize the mistakes. That's going to be the key tonight. Um, we are, we're at home. We're at our fans. I'm excited for it. Our players are excited for the game. So we just keep the energy going and, and see how this thing shapes up. The rain went away. It's Friday night lights. It's the wagon wheel. It should be a fun one. Yeah, it should make sense. You know, Lavelle Edwards used to do this kind of stuff and make claims that it's going to be good, great weather. And <laughs> I said it throughout the week um, that – You know, it looks like it's going to be rain, but Lavelle will probably find a way to make it work because he's a Utah State alum. So uh, I know he's uh, watching this game, and we'll, we'll try to make him proud tonight. All right, have a good one. We'll talk to you afterward. Thank you. All
1: right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of BYU and Utah State continues right after this, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Cougar Kickoff Show. The Cougar Kickoff Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Honda Dealers and by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening once again from Lavelle Stadium in Provo for our first October game of the season. 3-2 and two BYU home to 3-1 and one Utah State. First of three straight home games for the Cougars who are already halfway to postseason eligibility. As are the Aggs, who are also one of the highest scoring teams in the country. Albeit with a schedule ranked 148th in Sagarin while BYU's September slate ranked 5th. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons with you here in the broadcast booth. Our on-site engineer is Barry Squires. Our stats man is Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter is McKay Perry. Our pregame, halftime, and postgame host, Jason Shepard, is with us here in the booth down on the field. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens, Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us. In business. The rest of our broadcast crew, consisting of BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Nathan Israelson, along with broadcast interns Sterling Richards and Lindsey Peterson here in the booth, while Aaron Fitzner and Blake McMullen are at the BYU radio studios. We are live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network, coast to coast on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 via satellite, and in northern Utah over the air on BYU Radio 89.1 FM. HD2 we are also heard on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM out of Salt Lake City and on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. You can stream us online at byuradio.org and byucougars.com slash live radio. And you can also get us on the BYU Radio and BYU Cougars apps. And for those in the stadium hearing us tonight, you're hearing us on the new BYU Game Day app as well. And a reminder, each segment of tonight's broadcast, including quarter-by-quarter play-by-play, will also post on our play-by-play archives at byuradio.org and on the BYU football podcast search BYU football by BYU radio and you'll get the games on demand well Mark we've called five games we've seen three BYU victories we've watched as a BYU earned a memorable win in Wisconsin and suffered through a sloppy setback in Seattle but they have played the fifth toughest schedule in college football with a winning record through five games so what do you think you know about this team
3: well, <clears throat> first of all, you're only as good as the last game you played. Oh, so I hope not. Yeah, I know. So right <laughs> now, that has to be some concern about this BYU identity. But the good thing is, tonight, you get a chance for another last game you played. And so you get a chance to turn that around. And it's Friday. You don't have to wait until Saturday to do it. But here's what I think I know. They're tough and physical. They can slug it out with anybody in the trenches. So I expect BYU to be able to run the football effectively against Utah State. The pass game is efficient, but there needs to be more big play threat or even intermediate threat. You know, Hefo averages 10 yards a catch, Bushman 18, but one-fourth of all the passes completed are going to backs. So, you know, it's too many checkdowns for BYU. BYU has contained the rush game of Arizona. They Wisconsin's Jonathan Taylor. They held down McNeese State. And so I think that they are going to be a good rush defensive team. But the place that they need to improve on the defensive side is they have to get more pressure on quarterbacks and Mm. tighten up that pass defense. So I do think that uh, BYU is on its way to being very productive in their gameplay. But this is pretty close to the middle of the season. You need to be there. All right, more of the Cougar kickoff show is
1: coming up after this short break and after this reminder that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our BYU football coverage continues live from Provo on the Newskin BYU Sports Network.
0: The Cougar kickoff show continues. Let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort Broadcast booth with Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Welcome back to LaVelle Edwards Stadium. It's a Friday night, conference weekend special pitting BYU and Utah State. The Cougars are really struggling to get in a groove on offense while it's all groovy for the Aggies. (laughs) Their single-game scoring floor this season, the floor is 31 points. BYU's single-game ceiling has been 30 points. And in 28 of the last 29 meetings between these two teams. The winner has scored at least 27, so history and the present scenario indicate that if BYU is to win here tonight, the Cougars may indeed need to play their best offensive game of the season. And while it's tough to pit a, uh, or put a single finger on BYU's problems, uh, the pass game gets a lot of the blame. Never has uh, an 18 for 21 passing performance accounted for so little as it did last week at Washington. BYU simply uh, not making enough plays through the air. The Cougars are 119th right now in yards per attempt 110th in touchdown passes and one of only seven teams in the fbs without a pass play of 40 plus plus yards mark uh, we know that byu has been in kind of game management mode with tanner mangum a bit but to the time will come and it may come tonight uh, when byu will have to uh kick it up a notch uh and, and get a few more explosive plays
3: i agree the offense is in a management offense and byu's you, you already talked about it you took kind of a what I was going to talk about was that second possession in last week's game against Washington. That was an excellent possession. They uh, did a good job of moving the football. In fact, they moved it 91 yards in the drive and took the ball at about the 28-yard line, so they should have scored a touchdown. But instead, they had four penalties in that drive. But in that uh, possession, they had an eight and a half minutes, had 13 plays. There were uh, Tanner was 8 of 9 for 86 yards. 39 yards to Matt Bushman was the big play, so they had it all. They had the first down completions. They overcame four penalties by making completions, uh, pass completions in the drive, and so they have to eliminate those penalties, and that's how this offense is going to work. Only once in the game until the final drive of 21 yards for a TD were they able to put a drive together. that looked like it was going to be a good possession and have the opportunity to score. Washington did play good defense, you know. They were fast, physical. They took away BYU's run game completely, so they only had to play the pass. I think their defense surprised me at how good they were. That can't happen tonight against USU. BYU's going to have to run the football to be able to be effective in throwing the football.
1: Time for a break, and as we do, it's time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. An inbounds airborne player receives a legal forward pass. While still in the air, he's tackled by an opponent and obviously held for a moment before being carried in any direction. He then lands inbounds or out of bounds with the ball. Is this a complete or an incomplete pass, particularly if he lands out of bounds? The answer is coming up next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Getting you geared up for game time, this is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Welcome back inside LaBelle Edward Stadium, BYU and Utah State, straight ahead. First up, the answer in tonight's NCAA football rules question, and you be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here's the scenario. An inbounds airborne player receives a legal forward pass while still in the air. He's tackled by an opponent and obviously held for a moment before being carried in any direction. He then lands out of bounds with the ball. Is this a complete or an incomplete pass? And the ruling is completed pass. The ball is dead at the yard line where the receiver was held in a manner that prevented him from immediately returning to the ground. It would be incomplete if he's immediately contacted and shoved out of bounds while airborne. But if you hold him before you push him out, it's a complete pass. There's a fine distinction there. You be the judge brought to you by Legally Mind, Mark, there's one thing that's uh, indisputable relative to the Kalani Sitake era. His teams are excellent front runners. 9-2 Nine and two when they score first. Five and one when they lead after the opening quarter. Eleven and zero leading at halftime. Fourteen and one leading after the third quarter. Clearly, playing, yeah. with, playing with the lead suits this team. It'd be nice if they could take leads more frequently and more often than not. BYU is starting slowly, so much so that over the last nine games, BYU has a total of two first-quarter scores. Seven points at Hawaii last season, seven points at Wisconsin this season. Utah State, meantime, has outscored BYU this year 47-7 to in opening quarters. The Cougars
3: have got to find a way
1: to get out of the blocks, Mark.
3: Absolutely. You know, at the start of the game, there's just a lot of measuring going on early in the game. Team speed, you know, they're blocking, identifying the run and pass, and uh, they look for weaknesses that they might be able to attack But BYU's got to be ready to play at the start of every game they go to. Last week, BYU's defense forced a punt on Washington's first possession. That's when the offense had a chance to do something. An early lead builds confidence, keeps you in the game for a longer period of time. You know, last year, Micah Hanneman intercepted an Aggie pass and returned it for a score in the first quarter. That tied the game. That put him back into the game, and then BYU scores the next two touchdowns. That confidence that you get from tying it or getting that lead really going to help. Now, Coach Mendenhall used to say they scored by design. I did never ask him how you design their offense to be able to go out and score in the first possession. But uh, BYU has to work more on identifying plays that are going to get them into the end zone.
1: Coming up, we'll hear from sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens as our pregame coverage of BYU and Utah State rolls on from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
9: KBYU-FM. HD2
3: Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio.
1: BYU and Utah State coming up. The Aggies averaging 51.5 points per game having played at Michigan State and having hosted New Mexico State, Tennessee Tech, and Air Force. They have nine scoring drives that have come in under 60 seconds. They can also grind it out. They've had four scoring drives of at least 10 plays. When a, a drive does bog down, They've got just the guy for that. Place kicker Dominic Eberly, 8-for-8 on his field goal tries, including three 51-yarders, and they all came in the same game last month. BYU, meantime, has gone 12 years without a 50-yard field goal, and Eberly Mark, hits long bombs like chip shots.
3: Yeah, I know. He's a weapon. It's a weapon that if you get to the 35-yard line, there's a good chance you're going to get some points and so uh, even though Eberly is not absolutely automatic he missed four of them in their bowl game last year against New Mexico State where I think it was against New Mexico State that he hit those yeah, four all, three. Long, all yeah. three of those long ones so uh, I, I do think that BYU has Skyler Southam who has the potential to match Eberly's range he's also kicked many 50 plus yard field goals in practice and he's going to get a shot somewhere along the line here but uh, T- there's the chance if you miss, you give up a lot of field position.
1: Time now to bring in Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And, uh, Mitch, uh, when camp opened up in August, I expected that the season would start with uh, Dylan Colley and Gunnar Romney occupying prominent positions at wide receiver. But last week at Washington, they combined for one catch for minus three yards. Micah Simon, one of the go-to guys last year, kind of a slow start. Neil Pau, just five catches right now. Talon Shumway, another guy from last year, just two grabs. We know what Aleva he- Ahipo can do, and he can do a lot and is doing a lot, but uh, BYU could use more from more guys in that wideout group, Mitch, uh, if the plan is indeed to get the ball out to them more frequently.
8: Yes, Greg, I mean, they could absolutely use more from the receiving court tonight and for the rest of the season. Uh, And I am included with a lot of Cougar Nation, probably a little shocked at the minimal involvement of a number of those players that you just mentioned. Um, And through five games already, I'm sure they're getting more pressure from the coaches for somebody to step up and make a play. Uh, You can't go through an entire season not feeling comfortable airing the ball out to your receivers because there are many game situations that call for a deep ball in the game plan. Uh, for Tanner to elevate his game, he needs to find receivers he can trust. And the only way for Tanner to find that trust is for receivers to catch the ball when the ball is thrown in their direction.
1: That is Mitchell Jurgens, a trustworthy receiver on many a long ball during his playing days. Coin toss in the opening kickoff coming up next. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.